Welcome to another edition of the Speaking For Him podcast. I'm Adam McNutt joining you today alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gomison. Hello, Adam. It's nice to be with you again today. And today on the podcast, we're going to talk about, um, well, this is the title, Entitlement, the American Dream. And what I want to talk about is probably not going to be the most comfortable for you or for me. But I think it's an important topic, and that is the topic of entitlement and how we as Americans tend to believe, as a general rule, not speaking of anyone in specific, but as a general rule, that that America owes us a living. We have more people on government assistance than ever before, and it's just climbing. And before we get any further, first of all, let me say that I don't think that government assistance is necessarily wrong. I am on government assistance myself as a disabled American, and I'm grateful for what it has provided me. Uh, but there is uh, somewhat of a an issue there for me as far as what is the government assistance allowing you to do? For me, what I try to do with my government assistance is I'm trying to do the things necessary to get off the assistance. Our president once said that the mark of a good government program is one which helps a person out of their present circumstance. Unfortunately, from what I know about government programs, that does not tend to be the way they go. And I think a lot of people uh, come to America uh, expecting things. We have a growing number of um, illegal immigrants getting government assistance and they seem people seem to come uh, at things with a sense of I am entitled to this because I'm an American or I, you know, I just deserve this. And even ad campaigns scream at us. You deserve a break today or you deserve this today or that's true. Treat, treat yourself to this or whatever. That's kind of the way things go. I want to start out here by reading uh, this short uh, quote. And it's actually listed on the Statue of Liberty. And it says, Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. And I think that the main purpose of this poem was basically talking about welcoming immigrants to America. We are an immigrant state. We are a melting pot. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. I had, My grandfather was an immigrant. But the thing is, a lot of the people that came in years past came uh, to work hard to, to earn a living and to make things better for their families. And there's a good number of people that are doing that today. But I just want to talk today a little bit about the sense of entitlement that we find ourselves in and how we got here. I think that people have an aversion to work. And so I think we need to talk a little bit about what the Bible says about work. Um, The Bible says in Genesis 2.15, And the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to dress it and keep it. Now keep in mind that the fall doesn't happen until Genesis 3. So work is not a result of sin. Hard work, sweaty work, is the result of sin, but work itself came before sin. So work is not a curse. The work that man has done was cursed because of his sin before God. 
but work itself is not a curse. We need to keep that in mind. And um, it also says this about work. It says in Ephesians 4.27, Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have, that he may have to give to him that needeth. There are 689 verses in the King James Bible, at least, that specifically mention work. So wow. this is a very important principle to God. And I don't know if you have any thoughts initially, Adam, before we go any further. Uh, I, you know, I, I do. It, it reminds me back of my, like, teenager days. I wish I would have heard something like this because it is, it is easy in um, our country, and, and we're so blessed. I mean, first off, just to say... We're, we're extremely fortunate and thankful, blessed by God to have what we do. Uh, but it, I think it's so easy in a country of plenty, you know, we have so much plenty that it can kind of get into that mindset of, you know, well, I could just kind of just quick grab it or quick get this or someone can quick give it to me. And it's interesting how even out of God's word, it's kind of pointing us back towards that, that labor, that hard work, not to suffer, but because of the good fruit and things that can, that can come out of it. So it, it, it's it's a good thing if you think about it, and it, it's easy on days where you're, you're tired or maybe not feeling good. Work hard work doesn't look that appealing, you know. But uh, it's interesting how God's word is kind of pointing it towards hard work. Like, well, you do have to work hard, give a little bit, but what are the good things that can come out of it? Okay, well, and here's a proverb that says this: It says, "He also that is slothful in his work is brother to him who is a great waster." Proverbs 18, 9. And then the polar opposite of that is Proverbs twenty two twenty nine, which says, Seest thou a man diligent in his business? He shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before mean men. So we he, the Proverbs pull no punches about work and the lack of work. If you're slothful, um, you're not going to be appreciative of the resources that you have. And... It's not going to be a pretty picture for you, but it says if you're diligent in your business, then you're going to expand your reach. You're going to expand your opportunities. And it's not necessarily talking about material wealth, but God always takes care of those who are his. And I, and I just wanted to talk about some practical implications of this entitlement thing that I'm talking about, because I feel in some ways like this podcast isn't coming out the clearest. But this is one of the things that I wanted to think about is I believe firmly that the sense of entitlement which we have today really affects the way we do our family life. You know, I've really thought a lot about the fact that a lot of people feel compelled to limit their family size, and it bothers me. Uh, Growing up in a family of 11 children, my dad always told me that God paid for what he delivered, and uh, he always taught me that children were a blessing, and he accepted each one of us with open arms, of course, he went on his own journey as far as that's concerned, and I won't get into it here. But he, he raised me to believe that God would provide for whatever children God sends. And I'm looking forward, if the Lord wills that I be married, that I would have as many children as he gives me. Now, I tend to think that it might not be as many as my father, because with my disability, it might be difficult to to raise 11 children. But I'm leaving the numbers game to God to figure that out. But my point here is this. I think a lot of times people will say, well, children are expensive. But why is that? It's because they think that they have to get their kid in the best private 
you know, perhaps private preschool. They have to go to baby gap. They have to give their kids <laughs> cheerleading and soccer and football and all these things that cost a lot of money. And there's nothing particularly wrong with any of that. But I think that the idea that we have to give this to our kids to have a quality life uh, leads us to believe that kids are expensive. If that, and, like, becomes the main goal, yeah, if it that's be the problem. If it becomes the main goal to give your kid everything and to have that be how you show love, uh, I think that that comes from this overall sense of an entitlement. Like, you know, if, if Joe Schmo has this new car or the newest iPhone, then my kid needs it or he's going to feel left out. And I, I know um, I didn't necessarily get all the new gadgets growing up in a big family, but I never once felt poor or deprived. So I think we need to make sure that we are um, not substituting stuff for quality time and really caring for and loving uh, our children because I think that sometimes love does not give us what we want because what we want would be harmful to us. And God is good at withholding the things that we think we want um, when it's best for us. And so that's one of the points I wanted to make. And this, the second point I want to make is I think it, 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 kind, of re, it kind of affects the way we deal with um, older life. You know, I have nothing wrong with uh, nursing homes and retirement communities per se. Um, I go to one every month and I volunteer there as a, as a speaker. But I think that we have too many in our society. I think that there are people that need advanced medical care. And so they need to be in those facilities. But there's definitely people that are there because it's more, it's easier for adult children to let their uh, parents be taken care of by someone who is outside of their family. And so they don't have to worry about it than it is for them to uh, take the responsibility for their children. Um, I have told my parents that. Uh, as far as it lies with me, I will do everything I can to make sure that they never end up in a nursing home. And I think I have at least a few siblings that would echo those sentiments because our parents spent, uh, you know, 18 years plus taking care of us. There are many ways in which my parents still take care of me. So I feel like I owe them at least that much to be willing to take care of them. And I think this modern idea of the retirement community and nursing home as just a place for someone who is otherwise healthy and doesn't have major health problems is another um, symptom of this, this society of entitlement. And just the, this, the idea that we need age segregation everywhere and we, we don't need to learn from other ages. You know, I, I really benefit from having friends that are quite a bit younger than me and friends that are quite a bit older than me. And, and I, really got into trouble a lot of times. Uh, not what most people would consider major trouble, but I got into trouble when I spent time with my peers when I was a teenager mm -hmm. and allowed non-Christian friends to kind of bring me down. So I've really benefited from having a diverse network of friends to encourage me and who I can encourage. Uh, I think I might have mentioned before that I think it's important for everyone uh, to have a Paul and a Timothy, someone that they can uh, be encouraged by and someone that they can encourage uh, and I think that gives us balance in this thing, this journey that we call the Christian life. And I just wanted to um, close with this verse um, in regards to the elderly. Um, it says in Proverbs 
23:22 Hearken unto thy father that begot thee and despise not thy mother when she is old Proverbs 23:22 And so Adam do you have any final thoughts before we end this podcast I do you know I I have a favorite saying that really goes along with what we are talking about especially with when we were talking about earlier about uh, immigrants coming in and and parents as you're raising your kids there's a saying out there and maybe maybe you've heard this one before I don't know if you ever not either Andrew but uh, it says, give a man a fish, it'll feed him for a day, but teach a man to fish, and it'll feed him for life. And kind of thinking about that with our spiritual life, our physical life, you know, if we always kind of expect to fish, we'll be fed at that moment. But when we really give our best and, and work hard for God, because th- that's what he deserves, is our best, you know? And and if we teach teach other people, maybe maybe even that's, uh, I know... Um, I'm friends with a pastor. His name's Gerald Pittman. He says that a lot. You know, teach, uh, be disciples, make disciples. Teaching others to fish in life, uh, it can really shape people spiritually and physically. It makes a big difference. Absolutely. And uh, I really think that that is key. You know, I just, I know I'm going back to the iPhone, but I, I was kind of <laughs> joking with a friend of mine because he had an iPhone 4 and then I got a 4 and then he got an iPhone 4S and I got a 4S. And the next time I turned around, he had an iPhone 5. <laughs> and so it was kind of, I kind of half joked with him that I was trying to keep up with him and it was futile. And the, but the, and the thing is, it is futile. Technology changes so fast that you can't have the latest and the greatest mm-hmm. all the time, nor should you endeavor to have that necessarily because it can affect the way that you prioritize other things. You know, we we make time for the things that we prioritize. So we need to prioritize the Bible. We need to get back to the blueprint of the Bible. Um, and that's a lot of what I outline in my book, Men of Valor, which is not in print right now, um, but I'm working on uh, getting that in print again as soon as possible, uh, hoping to release it as an ebook before too long and uh, maybe even get it back in print. But th- that's just some of the stuff that I feel burdened for is that we need to get back to the basics as far um, as the family is concerned, because I believe the family is the bedrock of society. And if we can get back on track as families, then our society will greatly benefit. So with that, I will close this podcast. Just continue to listen, continue to check out the Facebook page. We're just uh, about about a quarter of a century or a little bit more away from our hundred like goal. Then we'll have another giveaway. Until next Friday, this is Andrew Gomison saying, keep serving the best of masters.